0: Now here's Mother Miriam. Good
1: morning, good morning, beloved family. I'm struggling here with a little little flashlight. It's okay. Oops. Hello. Good morning. Sorry, I uh, wasn't quite ready for you. God bless you, dear ones. I pray you had a good weekend. It's wonderful to be with you. Um, and what else? We are in the second week of the three weeks of preparation before Lent. It is sex sexagesima, S E X A J G E S I M A, sexagesima. It means 60. It's 60 days before Easter. Last week was septuagesima, 70 days before weekend, before Easter. Oh, I'm not together yet. And next Sunday will be quadresima which is 40 days before Easter, and after that we begin Lent. It is such, I want to say, a glorious time of year. You say, no, no, it's not. Lent is not glorious. I like Christmas better. You know something? I love Christmas too. But I absolutely love looking forward to Lent. Do I love fasting? Actually, I do not. Uh, Do I love doing extra penances? No, I don't. But I love um, getting rid of all the things that hinder me from walking more closely to God that I do love. The process, not necessarily, but the fact of it, yes. So I look forward to fasting, to um, withdrawing myself from things or whatever I would do normally, It doesn't need to be sin, Uh, it just may be less profitable. And so during Lent, we prepare ourselves. In fact, in in our community, which is typical of religious communities, the sisters will decide in advance what what penances they want to take on for Lent um, and what they're going to read, and they bring it to me, and I approve the book or the book's, and their penances. Sometimes their penances are too strong, um, and I or sometimes I don't think the books are going to be what they need, so we'll discuss that and maybe choose other things. But um, it's a wonderful, wonderful time, uh, and I bring my books and penances before God. <laughs> it's a wonderful time to cleanse our lives, to draw closer to God, and to look forward to the resurrection of our of our lamb, of the risen lamb who came and died that we might live. It's a beautiful time of year. So I didn't always um, engage in the three weeks prior in this season um, of uh, septuagesima, sexagesima, and quinquagesima. It's not easy to say, but I'm thrilled for it now. I'm thrilled for it now. The more I am involved in the more traditional forms of the church that the church has practiced and loved and taught for centuries, the more I'm falling in love with our faith. It's just beautiful. I didn't think I could love it more, but I do, but I do. I prayed a a tape last night of a Latin mass from 1940. I tell you I actually had it on while I was going to sleep, and my heart was absolutely in heaven. Absolutely in heaven. It's a very special video. The year before, a solid year before I entered the Catholic Church, I entered in 1995, but I had received a tape from Keep the Faith, and it was the Mass. And I listened to it, and it was the Latin Mass, which I knew nothing of. I wasn't even Catholic yet. Um, And it was narrated by Bishop Fulton Sheen. And I listened to it, and I hardly understood it, and I didn't believe it yet. But I was drawn so deeply by its beauty, by the reverence, that I had that tape in my ear for a solid year. Every night I went to sleep with that tape in my ear before I became Catholic, and it wasn't a few months after that that I entered the church. It's a five-year journey, but the last year of it, I played that tape. Three nights ago, beloved, three nights ago, you're the first people in the world to hear this story. I was looking with my sisters through the um, the web for something particular, and we just happened across that tape, that video rather, not tape, the video. And I played it, and my heart just leapt into heaven. And I realized it was the video of the tape I had gone to sleep with every night for a year before I was Catholic. That was the video of the audio. I, I just was so happy. I couldn't believe it. So, what I've done is put together an email mailing, and um, I'm going to be speaking in June, uh, June 9th to 12th, at the Sacred Liturgy Conference in Spokane, Washington. It's a collection of the most magnificent holy men of God you could find. I, the fact that they invited me to be among them is a is a high and scary honor. Um and Cardinal Gerhard Müller is going to be their main speaker and celebrant. He is—he was uh, head of the Congregation of the Doctrine for the Faith, and he is one of the few cardinals, along with Cardinal Burke and Cardinal Müller and um, Bishop Snyder, and and some others who are speaking out uh, to help the sheep in this very difficult time. Of our history, of our church, um, and he will be their main speaker and celebrant. Eucharistic procession—it's going to be glorious. And I thought I want to tell people about that. And because it's—it's it's, uh, well, I think they have it once every other year. It's—I mag- think this is their eighth one. And you can go to online. You could you could look it up. Sacred Liturgy Conference in Spokane, Washington, June 9th to 12th. Well, I thought, what a magnificent combination it would be to share, there's a short little video of that conference, plus the video of this 1940 uh, Tridentine, gorgeous, magnificent mass. And so it's going to go out in a mailing. I wrote it, to put it together last night, and... um, It's going to go out in a mailing today or tomorrow. And if you're on our email list, you will get it. And if you're not on our email list and you wish to be, go to our website, www.motherofisraelshope.org. And if you don't remember that, just type in Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, and you'll get it. And then click on the newsletter tab up top toward the right. And right there, you're going to be able to sign up for our newsletters, and you can get them email uh, and or snail mail. I always urge people uh, to, even if you get an email, also sign up for sna- snail mail because we we most often, um, I should say all the time, put something in the snail mail, even if it's only a holy card. Christmas it was a DVD on the movie Unplanned and on. Uh, our next newsletter, which will be Easter, it'll be something else very special. So if you get snail mail, you'll get it. If you get it by email, that's fine, but you won't get the gifts included, but you can always call us and say, could you mail it to me? And of course we will. So um, uh, it's going to be, a, uh, for me, beloved, this email is just beautiful. I tell you, I went to sleep with the video in my ear last night and I'm in the church now from 95, that'd be 15 years, and it was heaven for me, just heaven. It's so beautiful. Okay, I didn't even figure on telling you that this morning and I don't know what got me going. Oh, because it's sexagesima and uh, mostly the Novus Ordo Mass has kind of left that out. Um, Every once in a while... You'll hear a bishop call for it or a pastor who will educate his people. It's a wonderful thing. Um, But mostly it will be in the traditional rite, the older rite, that you'll find the celebration of these days and of ember days and fast days. It's just glory. It's a beautiful way to live life. Beautiful, beloved. It makes us whole. It's what God has given. It makes us whole. Just as when you raise children... If you are strong and disciplined with them, loving and disciplined, and you don't let them know, you don't let them do what they want, and you don't instruct them by saying, I don't want you to have that, okay? So many parents do that today. Okay. No, sweetheart. We're going to wait for dinner. Okay. Why are you asking your children permission? It's just grievous to me to hear that. You're asking your children if your instructions to them, if your directive are okay. It's become a habit. You hardly even mean it. You hardly even realize you're asking them. But you are. Don't do that. Raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And if we begin to bring back some of these old traditions that the church has given to raise her children for heaven will begin to be more disciplined, more kind, more Catholic, more loving, more self sacrificing It's beautiful. There's the music for our first break, beloved, and we're going to come back and I'm going to read you something beautiful from St. Francis de Sales, which we began on Friday. Um, so don't go away, and after our second break, you'll be able to call in or uh, with anything on your heart. And the toll free number, I'll give it to you ahead, is 1 877 5483. You can text at that number or you can email at mother at the of
0: This is Father Yatsuk Mazer. Please join me in a prayer to Saint John of the Cross. Glorious Saint John, overflowing with love for Mary and for the cross of her divine Son. Obtain for me an unwavering faith and a love of the cross so deep and so valiant that no possible misfortune will ever be able to separate me from the love of my God. Amen.
2: LifeSight News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com.
0: 1900s a humble Polish nun received messages from our Lord to share with the world. Learn more about St. Faustina and Divine Mercy on one of our most beloved shows. Stream episodes of Divine Mercy in My Soul right on your iCatholic Radio app or download the podcasts at iCatholicRadio.com. Welcome
1: back, beloved. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live. I'm so thrilled to, to be with you. And um I promised you that I would um begin to read some of the gems in St. Francis de Sales, a little book put together by the by the order that he founded, the uh, Holy Visitation of um the Visitation of Holy Mary. The Sisters of the Visitation are all over the world. It's, it's where I took my own cloistered and um, it's just magnificent. And they're called the Golden Councils of St. Francis de Sales. And the first one is on peace. And I told you Friday how I came to love St. Francis de Sales and that he became my spiritual director from heaven. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so under the peace, these are just little vignettes. They're just short and wonderful This one, St. Francis de Sales says, and this first statement became quite a popular quote of his, so you might have heard it. Do not look forward to the mishaps of this life with anxiety, but await them with the perfect confidence so that when they do occur, God to whom you belong will deliver you from them. Hold on now. He has kept you up to the present. Remain securely in the hand of His providence, and He will help you in all situations. When you cannot walk, He will carry you. Do not think about what will happen tomorrow, for the same Eternal Father who takes care of you today will look out for you tomorrow and always. Either He will keep you from evil or he will give you invincible courage to enjoy it. Remain in peace. Rid your imagination of whatever troubles you. Belong totally to God. Think of him and he will think of you. He has drawn you to himself so that you may be his. He will take care of you. Do not be afraid. For if little chicks feel perfectly safe when they are under their mother's wings, how secure should the children of God feel under the paternal protection? And I'm thinking in the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, God describes us as under his wings, as he he makes himself into a hen, um, and that we are little chicks under his wings. So be at peace, St. Francis de Sales says, "Since you are one of these children, and let your weary, listless heart rest against the sacred, love the sacred, loving breast of this Saviour, who by his providence, is a father to his children, and by his gentle, tender love, is a mother to them. God is a father to us, and a mother to us, beloved. And the church is our mother. We are so protected. We'll go on here. First thing in the morning, prepare your heart to be at peace. Then take great care throughout the day to call it back to that peace frequently and, as it were, to again... Take your heart in your hand. If you happen to do something that you regret, be neither astonished nor upset. But having acknowledged your failing, humble yourself quietly before God and try to regain your gentle composure. Say to yourself, quote, there, we have made a mistake, self. We have made a mistake, But let's go on now and be more careful, end quote. Every time you fall, do the same. Isn't that beautiful? You regret something you've done, something you've said. If it's it's harmful to another person, yes, surely go and apologize to them. But just say, we've made a mistake. Let's go on now and do better. It's wonderful. Hold on a moment. And you know what else helps me when I do things that I regret, when I make mistakes or say awful things or do ridiculous, whatever it is, and I regret them? I realize that I'm devastated by them, but God is not. He knows who I am, and he's allowed me to see it. So it's not what I'm becoming, it's what I am. And if he's allowed me to see it, he'll correct it, he'll change it, he'll help me. So if we live in regret, if we live devastated, that becomes a form of pride, beloved, because we can't stand that we said something. We can't stand that we've done something or failed to do something. We can't stand it because we think too highly of ourselves. And every once in a while, or often, God shows us what he knows, what we are, so that we can grow. We shouldn't be surprised by it, and we shouldn't be um, so devastated uh, that we think we've really fallen. God has simply shown us where we're at. And, and if we want to do better, that's where he's leading us. When you are inwardly peaceful, don't miss the opportunity to perform as many acts of gentleness as you can and as frequently as you can no matter how small these acts may seem. For as our Lord says to the person who is faithful in little things, greater ones will be given. Greater ones will be given. And St. Francis is called the gentle doctor. That's his title. Often say in the midst of trials, this is the way to heaven. I see the port ahead, and I'm sure that storms cannot prevent me from reaching it. Nothing can, except our sin, except our turning from God, our free will to turn from Him. Not even the devil can keep us from heaven, beloved. Only we can. Only we can by turning from God. And the root of that will always be pride. My eyes are always on the Lord. For he will free my feet from snares and traps. Have you fallen into the snares of adversity? Well, you must not look at your own situation, nor the traps that hold you. Look at God and let him act. He will care for you. And this is a verse now he's quoting from First Peter, which I've always loved. Cast your thought upon him and he will nourish you. And some versions say, cast your cares upon him. Why should you trouble yourself with wanting or not wanting the events and mishaps of the world, since you don't know what you ought to wish for? And God will always want for you what you would want yourself without your having to worry about it. Therefore, await peacefully the effects of the divine pleasure and let his will suffice for it is always good. God told his beloved Saint Catherine of Siena, think of me and I will think of you. Isn't it beautiful? I think it's wonderful. He's my man. He is my favorite Saint, Francis de Sales, the most practical saint in the world, the greatest pastor in the world, a holy, holy saint of God. And now he has a a Uh, just two very small paragraphs on the virtue of patience, right? I want patience and I want it now. (laughs) And you know, if you're praying for patience, God will give you circumstances that test your patience because the only way to get the patience is by being patient. And if you have nothing to be patient about, you'll never learn patience. So if you say, well, I prayed to God to help me be patient and look at the trials he's sending me. It's because he's answering your prayer. And he says this, be patient with everyone, but above all with yourself. Now, that's not always easy, huh? Be patient with yourself. I mean, don't be disturbed about your imperfections and always have the courage to pick yourself up after a fall. I'm very glad to hear, St. Francis says, that you make a fresh start each day, every day, beloved, every day. There is no better way of growing toward perfection in the spiritual life than to be always starting over again and never thinking that we have done enough. Every single day we begin. We begin every single day. St. Francis de Sales says that. St. Benedict, our patron, says that. Every day we begin again. Over and over and over again we begin But St. Francis says, but most important, do not lose heart. Be patient. Wait. Do all you can to develop a spirit of compassion. I have no doubt that God is holding you by the hand. If he allows you to stumble, it is only to let you know that if he were not holding your hand, you would fall. This is how he gets you to take tighter hold of his hand. Isn't it beautiful? Sometimes we feel so alone, but we're not. Think about a little baby in, in, in the arms of her mother, and, and she's going through all kinds of trauma, and, and she's in the arms of her mother who would give her life for her. We need to trust God, and if you ever need a way to know how to trust God, go to St. Francis de Sales. Read the Introduction to the Devout Life, Read Treatise on the Love of God. Read his letters to people in the world. Not to the introduction to devout life and treatise on the love of God. No, he wrote that to people, not to his religious. He wrote much to religious. Rather, they wrote it down. He gave them umpteen conferences, and the sisters wrote it down. It's been published in books. But these books Introduction to Devout Life, Treatise on the Love of God, and the letters to people in the world, and um, oh, we have an entire entire shelf of his books. Everything he's ever written, I think I got a hold of. Um, And they are to regular citizens. And they're beautiful. They're beautiful. And sometimes you may say, well, this sounds like he's writing to a religious. And that may be, dear ones, because the evangelical councils of um, poverty, obedience and chastity are councils they're in the catechism not for religious but for every single soul for every single Catholic poverty, obedience um, and chastity for every single Catholic for every single Christian religious make vows uh, non-religious don't take the vows religious make vows and we live those three councils in a more radical way for sure but they are for everyone obedience to god children to your parents um and um poverty that means doesn't mean you do without it means you don't have more than you need and with the excess you feed the poor and then chastity you live a life of chastity whether you're married or not, if you're not married, you be chaste and faithful to your single state. If you are married, you live chastity because you're faithful to your one spouse. It's it's a beautiful way of life, beloved. The only way to be happy is to live God's design. There's the music for our break. Call in with anything on your heart, one 5483
3: If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download to your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community, connect with us through social media, and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity.
2: Thank you for helping to save the culture.
0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSight News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother
1: Miriam Live. We have a whole half hour all to ourselves. I love this time for you to call in again with anything on your heart. It does not need to be uh, what we're speaking about. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. Call in toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. You can text at that number or email at mother at com. We have a text from Addie who writes... <clears throat> Dear Mother, should children be named after saints and biblical persons only? I know that it is good to do this, but I recently had someone make the argument that if we never use any new non-religious names, there will never be new saint names. You have to name someone a non-saint name to get a new saint name. I am torn. What do you think? I think that's a great thought. Um, number one, uh, no, no one has has to name their children after saints and biblical persons only absolutely not. in fact, in in my growing up in our Jewish tradition, we would name our children after a relative who has died. Um, just a little aside here. Um, that's why, in the parable of the um, of the son, Uh, The prodigal son, where he demanded his inheritance uh, while his dad was still alive, he demanded his inheritance and he left. And remember, he wound up eating pig slop and came home. But um, when he asked his dad for his inheritance, he could have put a knife through his dad's heart because that meant he he counted his father as dead. You would never ask for your inheritance while your parent was alive. You'd be wishing them dead. And so, uh, at least that's a Jewish custom, and we grew up with it. So we would name our children after those uh, who died to keep their memory alive. Uh, So no, it doesn't have to be after saints and biblical persons only. But it's a good thought that if we don't name our children by new non-saint names, we won't have new... um, saint names in fact there 's such a case i think Dina uh, belanger uh, belanger i think um, she was a little girl wanted to be a saint, and there was no uh, a saint i think her mom named her Dina Dina d i n a and she wanted to be a saint and she looked there was no saint called Dina, and she wanted there to be she became a saint, and now there 's a saint called Dina. And so I just looked it up here. It's uh, Dina uh, Belanger, uh, also known, her religious name is Maria of Saint Cecilia of Rome. She was Canadian, um, member of the religious of Jesus and Mary, uh, Religios de Jesus Marie, um, but um, uh, in Quebec, uh, she was born in 1897. So it's a wonderful thought. Um, name your child a new name and let that child become a saint and holy by the way you bring him or her up. We have a text now from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hi, Mother. I wonder what your thoughts are on tendency to addiction. I know um, that a tendency to al- al- toward alcoholism, for instance, can be almost generational. Obviously, it is still on each individual to avoid those types of things. But I wonder about culpability in these circumstances. Also, what about someone who was raised in a bad part of town or taught incorrectly? Again, they are responsible for themselves, but is their culpability lessened because of how they were brought up? I believe so. I believe so. If you are born from... um, Uh, a mother or who's an addict drugs or alcohol you are i was a jail chaplain and used to hold little babies that are born from mothers who were in jail and addicted and the babies' bodies were just shaking because they came out addicted and they needed to be weaned off uh the morphine that their mom was taking or whatever she was taking um So absolutely, and as that person would grow older, even if they were um, completely weaned and and they had a drink in their 20s or 30s, yes, they would be more susceptible than other people, and uh, yes, they would be less accountable. And you said um, exactly right. Uh, God still holds us accountable because he'll always give us the grace um, for uh, rising above And living holy lives, but our culpability is lessened um, in that situation, uh, which is growing up in a situation that was not in our control. God can cure us completely, but um, uh, I would say, in most circumstances, uh, older children will be more susceptible and therefore less culpable, but still culpable, as you say, but less. We have a question from Sharon, which she left on Facebook, and she said, Mother, um oh wow um oh i wanted to you know what Uh, sharon hold on i'm going to answer your question after the break because i wanted to look something up for you so hold on just a moment sharon has a very serious um uh, question and a very serious situation. So I want to get one thing for you, Sharon, before I uh, take your question. Um, we have a call from our brother Paul in Braintree, Massachusetts. Hello, dear one.
4: Good morning, my dear sister in the faith. It's a joy and a blessing to speak to you again. How it's, are you, my dear?
1: It's wonderful to hear from you, Paul. I'm just fine. Thank you, sweetheart. And you have a question? I just want
4: <clears throat> yeah, I want to preface by telling you that I'm going to take my faith into a, a radical direction on the first uh, weekend of uh, Lent. Another, mm-hmm. little, not next week, the following weekend, I'm going to be going on a retreat in uh, a nearby retreat house, just uh, the next town over from me. And I'm, I, I'm just so uh, oozing with enthusiasm and joy, and I and Fantastic. I know that I have a lot of gra- many graces to expect from it. It's just just yeah. to take it another level, God is always pulling us up and up and up. You know that it everything is. trends up with God. You know what it, its yeah. <laughs> doesn't it. <laughs>
1: Oh God you know, bless you, I'm, Paul.
4: <laughs> thank you, Mother. What I wanted to bring up—I last called you about before back in October, and it was near the end of the program. And I just wanted to—I know this is an old, this is not really an old issue, but it's something that just we we need to really, I think, put to rest. I mean, you have been on Father James Martin uh, 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 from years, and rightfully so. And and how dare he after Saint now Saint John uh, Cardinal Henry Newman was canonized in the statehood? Him coming up and yeah. saying wait one second, don't get so, so joyful because he had some, some certain tendencies toward the homosexual um, no. um, over, you know, overtures <clears throat> and so forth like that. And I can remember, I think I told you, you, recall? I was listening to a program, I think you know Monsignor Charles Pope, and he said that, uh, he says, when he read that tweet on the program there on, on Morning Glory that morning, he simply almost lost his composure. He says, Father, darn it, enough is enough. Put put a wrap on it. Enough. Put
1: the good for him. Good for him. I won't say that, but Monsignor Pope can. Great. (laughs) I tell you what, Paul. There is no excuse. There is no excuse for Father James Martin still being a priest and being in the church. There's no excuse for that. In my mind, I know that's. That's uh, people going to tell me you, you're speaking too harshly it's not your judgment no it's not it's it's god's judgment uh homosexuals um murderers uh, slanderers will not enter the kingdom of god it's clear right, in scripture yep. that's right saint paul, paul wrote it, it. Yep. that's right yep. and so um father James Martin has been allowed uh by by it's 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 Satan's. Ploy, but it's astounding how the bishops, bishops all over the world, have given in to him. I'm, I'm just, I'm floored oh, by that. I'm, I shouldn't be shocked anymore, but I'm floored. He should not be a priest. He should not be able yep. allowed to spread his evil. Um, and. Uh, the end of the story. I'm not in charge. What can I say? But, um, but yeah. you're right. You're right.
4: <clears throat> you know, it can, consider, I will add to that. You know, consider when a man is ordained a priest. A of fact. I've told you before. I am. I am a benefactor to three seminarians at one of our seminaries in Boston, and they're good, good young men. And I know that God has amazing plans for them, and, they, and they're definitely on the on the road to uh, to be great, holy shepherds. And when a man is ordained to the priesthood, I'm going to the ordination again in, in three months from now at our local cathedral. He is configured totally to the God Man, Jesus Christ Himself, and regardless of whether he's celebrating the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, of he's conferring the Sacrament of Reconciliation, or whatever he's doing, he is totally in persona Christi. That's in, right. the, in the person of Christ. And yeah. for Father James, my, and it would would I mean, would. Was, it, was there anything in Christ's character? But in Christ was loving, but you but also told us he always differentiated himself between right and wrong. With, with Jesus and with our faith, there is no— You see, they, there's so much gray matter out there that just clutters up our thought process, Mother. It's black and white. There is no middle ground, absolutely. Jesus even said that, uh, mm. you know, he'd rather the, the hearts be, be, be a cold and hot, lukewarm. He vom- He says, "I shall That's uh, right. I, I vomit them from my mouth." Well,
1: Paul, I'm I'm not going to let you go on because I know you and I can go on yep. a long time on this. But you're right. <laughs> you're sure. right, my dear sure. one. And uh, it's a mystery that God is allowing uh, the mystery of iniquity. God is allowing it, and um, we're sick about it, but. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 more ill at the bishops and archbishops that uh, that invite him into their diocese to speak. To me, that's oh, worse. Gosh. To yeah, me, that's worse. So bless right. you, my brother. You have a wonderful retreat, a wonderful holy transforming Lent.
4: Thank you. God bless you too. And you're always in my prayers, Mother
1: Miriam. Oh, I appreciate that, Paul. God bless. All right. I'm going to take an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hello, Mother, and God bless your efforts. My question is clarity on marriage and sin. My spouse and I have been in the situation many have been in, neither of us being raised Catholic. Neither my spouse nor I were Catholic at the time of our marriage years ago. We had children before I entered RCIA. We have received conflicting advice I'm proceeding as my spouse was married previously, not Catholic either, and my spouse still has no interest in entering the church. The annulment process in the diocese is many years long. Wow. In the interim, the children are growing up. It doesn't have to be many years long, uh, but... Apparently it is in that diocese. In the interim, the children are growing up, um, yes, that long. It has been passed from one priest to another, since priests are rotated frequently. I'm thinking you're saying it is the annulment process. One priest said, it will never happen. Another priest said, we could live as brother and sister until receiving an answer. Another said, it is the spouses that commit to each other and no sin in living as married. I don't know what that sentence is. It is the spouses that commit to each other, and there's no sin in living in marriage. Yes, there is. If you're, if you're, um, if you're married outside the church, and now you're Catholic. Um, if you've become Catholic, dear one, um, you need you need to be reconciled with the church. Hold on a minute now. Um, A Long story short, the bishop has since been removed, and annulment process has finally moved forward after many years and was granted, my goodness. Um, The question is, which is moral? Now, you say the annulment process has been granted. Um, I'm going to reread this during the break to see if both of you needed an annulment or only one there's the music for our uh, break, Beloved. It'll be quite short. And so if you have anything on your heart you'd like to call in about, it would be a perfect time during the break to do that. one 5483 or email at mother at com, And we'll be right back.
2: The future of the family is grim As Our Lady of Fatima said The final battle will be for the family It truly seems as though We are in the heat of this final battle And we need your help Our mission at LifeSite News Is to educate and activate readers With the information they need To defend life and the family And restore Christian culture We are currently the most popular Pro-life website on the internet With over 40 million unique users Every year
3: Users of iCatholic Radio are leaving inspiring reviews in the iTunes and Google Play stores. Margie says, My go-to app. I love this channel. I can listen while busy around the house or driving in the car. I love the variety of programs. Keep up the good work. Michaela from New Zealand says, I love this app. I have it on Bluetooth and my car radio and listen to it all day, every day, and am encouraged in my Catholic faith. I would recommend this to the world, whether Christian or not, because it speaks to all people to become better people. I am now a huge follower of the American Catholic way of life because it's very similar to the way I was brought up in Fiji. The priests on the station are very straightforward but are very understanding toward the audience at the same time. Love it, love it, love it. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our page at the iTunes or Google Play Store.
1: um this is our last break, our last segment rather, uh, for Mother Miriam Live. So again, you are welcome to call in with anything on your heart whatsoever. We have a full ten minutes and the number is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. Let me reread and and complete the email that we began before the break. Um This woman says that her spouse and her, my spouse and I have been in the situation many have been in, neither of us being raised Catholic. Um, Neither my spouse nor I were Catholic at the time of our marriage years ago. We had children before I entered RCIA. We have received conflicting advice on proceeding as my spouse was married previously and not Catholic. Excuse me. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, and let's see. Um, and my spouse still has no interest in entering the church. Now, I, I don't know if this woman has entered or not. You didn't say so, but you did enter our CIA, so you might have already become Catholic, or maybe you're on your way to becoming Catholic. <clears throat> the annulment process, she says, in the diocese is many years long. In the interim, the children are growing up. Um, yes, that long. It has been passed from one priest to another since priests are rotated frequently. One priest said it'll never happen. I don't, I don't know why. It's, it's your husband's previous marriage and he's not Catholic, so I don't understand why that should take forever. Another priest said we could live as brother and sister, that's always an option, uh, until receiving an answer. And another said, it is the spouses that commit to each other and there's no sin in living as married. Uh, that's not true. Uh, long It is the spouses who commit to each other, but if you are uh, committing to each other in a position of sin which you did because it would have been adultery since your husband had been married previously and there was no annulment, so um, it wasn't the time for you to commit to each other. And she continues, long story short, the bishop has been removed and annulment process is finally moving forward after many years and was granted. The question is, which is moral? So the annulment process for her husband is granted, but he's not Catholic So I'm guessing that you entered the Catholic Church um, and your marriage uh, perhaps was raised to the level of a sacrament because your unbelieving husband agreed to raise the children Catholic. I'm not sure. I don't know what your situation is. And so she says, Is living as brother and sister unfair to the spouse that is not in RCIA versus living as married as married living in mortal sin? Absolutely not. Um, Your first priority is God, not your husband. Um, it's, It's not unfair to the spouse. It is, would you rather live in mortal sin knowing that if you die, you'll be in hell and you're leading him to hell? I don't think that's a choice. We always, we always do right. We never do wrong that good may come. We never do evil, that good may come. Never. The thought that you would be married living in mortal sin is to say that you are leading you and your husband to hell. That's what mortal sin is, complete separation from God. She writes, Also, a diocese with such long proceedings as ours affects and keeps spouses apart, often during fertile years. How does one explain to children growing up this way, why spouses sleep separate if trying to raise them to respect marriage and love church teachings. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. <clears throat> That's how you raise them Catholic. You explain church teaching to the extent that you and their father will sacrifice to to keep holy um, rather than have um, a sinful marriage before God. That's exactly how you teach them. You explain that to them. Your mom and I are married, but we were married outside the church. Your mom has returned to the church, and now we must be faithful to God's law. And that's the only way anyone gets to heaven. And she says, or should they commit to their marriage um, during such a difficult trial? Well, you either separate or you commit to your marriage during the trial. That's the choice you either separate or you commit to your marriage and live as brother and sister <clears throat> lastly what about couples already married now i don't know if your husband was baptized but um it 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 again it may be possible for you to have your marriage blessed in the church if your husband is baptized you may be able to have your marriage uh raised to a sacrament blessed in the church um As long as your husband agrees to uh, allow you to practice your faith fully and raise the children Catholic, even though they're a little older now, it's going to be a Catholic home. Lastly, what about couples already married who receive a no on their annulment request? Well, that means they're not married. It, it, It means that they're living in sin if they have not had an annulment. If if they have received a no on their annulment request, it means that their first marriage was valid and that they're living in adultery. And so should they separate, stay together, especially as this will affect the children family. No, if they are if the annulment has been denied, if there's no nullity, then they must separate. Now if they've already had children and, and they're a family um I they could stay together but they must live as brother and sister. Um Okay. Um This will affect the children. They've already become a family. Very difficult but they must separate. They must um they could live at home but they must live as brother and sister. While one cannot receive the Eucharist while in an irregular marriage, there's no such thing, beloved. I don't know that word "irregular" it must have been invented by the devil. I know people use it now; bishops use it, but it's not a Catholic word. There is no such thing as an irregular marriage. It's either a marriage or not. And if two people are living in sinful relationship, it's it's uh, uh, it's sin. That's it. There's no such thing as a irregular marriage. There's a marriage or there's no marriage. Um, She said there are the issues of raising children as well as concerns as living and dying in mortal sin. That's that's right. And as soon as we know we're living in mortal sin, we repent. We go to confession and we live a holy life and we do not we're not intimate anymore. Does the other spouse have the right to leave if asked to leave as a brother or sister? Absolutely, absolutely. The other the other spouse has every right to leave if they entered this marriage and they didn't understand things. And now the spouse who is Catholic um, wants to live a moral life. She or he needs to explain it to the spouse. And if the if the love is there, they can sacrifice. And if not. The, the other one has the right to leave um, but the fact is they were not married to begin with um, thank you mother for your thoughts so I've run by that very very quickly um, I hope it was helpful to you um, okay Raphael uh, from Laredo, Laredo I see you're on the line I'm so sorry I, I, there's no time that's our ending music So, dear brother, could you call back tomorrow and uh, try to be the first one on the line? We'll take you first thing. Okay, Um, and um, we'll be back tomorrow also, um, dear Sharon, with your question on immigration. We'll take those two first. Um, Okay, God bless you, and we'll speak with you all tomorrow.